0: Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023. Episode number 229 is right here. It's Friday already? How in the world did that happen? In the news this week, there's a big announcement from American Flat Track. No Buffalo chip, and we'll be going back to Rapid City. So, uh... They kind of blamed it on the rain up there and track prep and all that fun stuff. I know it's a big to-do to get, you know, the Buffalo Chips set up for a motorcycle race. I get it. So um, it makes sense to go ahead and move it back to Rapid City. Uh, One thing I don't like, though, is Rapid City is going to be run during the daytime, and that will make for more of a follow-the-leader type race. You know, I think Rapid City is awesome at night. If the track prep is great, if there's a lot of moisture... That track is so much fun and so fast and a lot of passing. So uh, a couple of guys I think that aren't happy about that would be probably Dallas Daniels and J.D. Beach. You know, the two Yamaha riders are so good on a TT. I think that um, they were looking at that one as to finish ahead of Jared Meese and, you know, try to get as many points as possible. So now they'll just have to put their head down and see what they can do on another half mile. Last weekend at Lima, I just uh, wanted to talk about Corey Texter actually texted me a a great comment, and I was talking about track records, and Ralph actually had the track record sent to him from somebody, and we were up there talking about it during practice. Corey Texter made a great comment back in the day when the track record came out. I mean, we've been racing Lima since 1984. Back then, you used to groove your tires, and you'd actually groove them up with a, a grooving iron, and you'd put a big... As big of a notch on those tires as you could, like sometimes almost an eighth of an inch. You know, you cut those lugs, almost make it like a knobby tire. What that would do is create, you know, more, more grip, more edges to grab a hold of that pea gravel and throw it at the rider behind you. So uh that was a great comment by Corey Texter. I I just didn't even think about that. You know, I was wondering why the track. Yeah, the track gets slower. You know, I know throughout the day the track will get slower as it gets brushed off. But, you know, just looking at track records times and comparing them to the motorcycles of today. And on this particular track, I think, you know, really not able to cut those tires or groove those tires is a a big part of that. Scotty Parker hopped in the booth. I jumped out of the booth one time and I, I got a knock on my door. And so to explain the situation a little bit more, we're inside of a semi now, Ralph Shaheen and I. And there was a knock on the door, and it was just one of the guys that helped set up the whole thing and said, uh, you know, I pulled my headphone off to the side and said, Scott Parker's here. And, I, you know, we're, we're busy talking. You know, it was during practice and qualifying, so it wasn't actually race time just yet. So I sent him to the front of the truck to make sure it was okay with our producer, Brad Jones. And uh, next thing I know, Brad hits me up on my in my ear earpiece or my uh, headphones because I can hear what's going on, and he can talk to us You know, during the race. He talks to us you know, nonstop. Anyways, he goes, would you mind stepping outside so Scotty Parker could come in? So after the, whatever session was on the racetrack finished up, I hopped out. We slid Scotty Parker in there and Scotty got to hang out and uh, talk with Ralph Shaheen. And I thought he did a great job from whatever I could hear. Um, it gave me a chance to go outside and go right up to the fence. We were parked outside turn three and four. And, and I walked up there and stood by the fence and got a good video. I put it on my Instagram story and I think it went to my Facebook story as well. But um just going up there and getting pelted with the the pea gravel i felt like a real race fan again you know uh being out with the with the fans and the one thing i did notice too is there's so much pea gravel pushed up like onto the air fence and then some even over the air fence you know and i know they'd race there tuesday two days in a row uh but it just it's incredible how much pea gravel moves up that racetrack and speaking of the booth Ralph Shaheen and Kristen Beat are both gone this weekend. They're over there doing World Supercross over in England. So James the Rocket Raspoli will be in the booth with me. So I will switch on over to Ralph's seat, basically. So I'll be the play-by-play guy. And James Raspoli will be the flat track expert or the color analyst, however you want to look at it. And then Hannah Lopa... Uh, she'll be doing our pit reporting, doing uh, opening ceremonies, and then doing the interviews after each race. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. We had, uh, we had a conference call earlier this week, and I think both of those parties are ready to step in and do a great job. Well, let's shift gears. Let's talk about Lima. So on Friday, there was the, a race called Pushing the Cushion. It had 10 classes, so it means 10 different winners. And we actually got to honor those folks in opening ceremonies during the, the actual Grand National there at Lima on Saturday night. I'd like the idea of having a race the day before the AFT races on the same track. It gives these up-and-comers a chance to see the Grand National tracks before they get there as a pro. I think that's a great thing, but I just don't think that that is a good place to do it. I think leave the cushion alone. Let's let's keep the cushion there for you know for the for the Grand National. I would rather see that than have some amateurs run on the day before. That's just my personal opinion, and that's just Lima only. I do like it. Some of the other race tracks we go to. And I think it's going to, you know, keep getting better as we go to some more of these other racetracks. And let's go ahead and talk about Saturday. The last Saturday in June, it's always racing in Lima. They call it the Ohio National. I like that because it kind of goes with the Ohio State Buckeyes, you know. So it's kind of cool. Last Saturday in June, we're always at Lima. Uh, The Parts Plus Pole Award, which is a long name basically for your fast qualifier. And that's because Parts Plus comes from the car world. And so that's what they wanted to name it. And it makes sense. Uh, extra money going up for both the fast qualifiers in both classes. Uh, Tom Drain was the winner in the AFT singles class, and Dallas Daniels took that uh, fast qualifier in the Mission Super Twins. So that was a Yamaha sweep of your Pronto Parks Plus Pole Award. The challenge races. It was Al Lamb's Dallas Honda challenge race was won by Cody Kopp. And your Mission Super Twins challenge race, the Too Fast Too Tasty challenge was won by Briar Bauman. A KTM sweep of the challenge races. So, Kind of got a little trend going on here. In the AFT singles main event, it was Cody Kopp and Tom Drain duking it out. It was a good battle for the lead. Uh, James Ott had a great day, got up there and got third. Uh, Maxwell was fourth. Trevor Bruner uh, finished up there in the fifth spot. Trent Lowe, sixth. Chad Coast was seventh. Hunter Bauer, eighth. Jared Lowe, a, a really good finish with ninth. And then Cole Zabala's tenth. A couple other notables I'd like to point out. Mishler back in 12th. Dalton Gauthier, who started off the season on fire, finishes up 13th. And Shana Texter-Baumann, a former winner winner of this race, she finishes up 15th. And also want to point out that Chase Sadoff broke early on and watched the entire main event from the inside of turn number three and was credited with 19th place. Taking a look at the lap leaders, Cody Kopp led 13 laps. Tom Drain led eight laps. The margin of victory is 2.53 seconds between first and second uh drains bike let's talk about that for just a second uh i don't know if it's because it's so dark there at lima or what was going on but it was definitely glowing red right at the end of the tailpipe um and it was backfiring just a little bit we caught that on some of the replays but the glowing red we have been told through the grapevine i got a couple of text messages there from sacramento when dallas Daniels' pipe was doing the same thing the titanium pipes will do that but however we did see some backfiring um, I don't know if that's the way the Yamaha has the bike set up. I don't know if that's just, if they're used to it. I don't think that was a big determining factor. And, you know, Tom kind of lost touch with Cody right there at the end, but they were in a lot of lap traffic. So I'll continue to keep my eye on that and see if if they have any more comments. They kind of kind of pushed us off to the side and and didn't want to talk about it. So maybe that's just the way they have the bike set up, but I'll keep digging and see what I can find out about that. I also want to mention that uh, Tom Drain had the fastest lap of the main event at 25.751, so that was really fast. Um, the track was pretty good. They did prep it right before that race. Well, they were trying to prep it before every race, but it was really fast in that AFT singles main event. The point standings, Cody Cop still in the lead. Now he's ahead of max by 29 points, so he's got a full race cushion between himself and second place. So the Red Bull KTMs are sitting first and second. Uh, in the point standings chase Sadoff was second now. He slides back to third Dalton Goate, who was second most of the season He has slid back to fourth and Trevor Bruner up there in that fifth position Mission super twins there at the lima half-mile Dallas definitely had the save of the race that was early on in the main event going into turn number one and he did everything but fall off of that motorcycle Briar Bauman wins for the first time ever in the premier class on a KTM twin so the only other time it happened in the premier class was back in 2006. It was Chris Carr. That was on a single. Uh, so now Breyer has won Lima three on three different brands of motorcycles. He won his first one, which is his first twin win, was on a Kawasaki. He also won on the Indian, and now he's won on the KTM. His margin of victory was 1.145 seconds over Dallas Daniels. Jared Meese was second. Brandon Robinson, who always goes good at that racetrack, he was fourth, and J.D. Beach was fifth. Bronson, 6th, Davis Fisher, 7th, Jared Van dekoy 8th, Kobe Carlisle, ninth, respectively, and Johnny Lewis, 10th. After that get-off there in the first corner in his heat race, it actually looked like the motorcycle was riding him because they went all the way upside down, and the bike looked like he was still holding on to it, but it rolled all, all the way over him. So uh, an, a nice rebound for Johnny Lewis, crashing in his heat race, gets up, still gets 5th in his heat race, so he got the direct transfer, and then he ends up with a top 10 in the main event on that Royal infield. Dallas Daniels led 15 laps. Breyer led 10 laps. They went back and forth mixing it up. Uh, the Breyer's fastest lap was a 25.891, so it's a little bit slower than the singles' fastest lap of Tom Drain. And, again, I blame that on the racetrack. I don't blame it on you know, on the competition. I don't blame it on the twins versus the singles. I blame it on you know, the track will continue to wear out throughout the weekend. I know that started on Friday. Uh, we prepped the track after every timeout. And the hooligans were there, the singles were there, and the twins were there. So it was a lot of racing. And so the, the good stuff, the good, deep, loose stuff, kind of brushed off. Looking at the point standings, there's now 12 points between Dallas Daniels and Jared Meese. Uh, there's a big lead over third place, though. Briar Bauman sitting third, 53 points behind Dallas. JD Beach is in fourth, and Davis Fisher still right there in fifth. And that was his goal at the beginning of the season. So I kind of hinted at it a little bit we saw the Yamahas get fast qualifiers we saw the KTMs get the challenge races and KTM sweeps Lima Um, I did see some comments on uh, the social medias about first time that's ever happened and and I I started thinking about it for a while and actually uh, JD Beach and Dallas Daniels both won at the Atlanta Super TT that was I think a year or two ago or probably two years ago because dallas was in the in the singles class so it had been a couple years ago at the lima i'm sorry at the atlanta super tt they both won on yamahas also on saturday was the grand national hooligan uh, class and there was a crash in that main event eric hartley busted up his knee he, he did get the trip home all the way back to washington that had to be a a horrible bumpy ride and he was he was beat up pretty get ga- pretty bad and matt johnson you know uh went down really hard too and i know he had he had, he's had a couple surgeries on his hands. Got a couple of pins placed in his hand, but everything sounds like they're going to be okay. Your winner, of the hooligan class, was Sean Bear on the number eighteen BMW, and that thing sure did sound like a two-stroke. But is a, uh, it's a, I believe it's a parallel twin, and the I was told that the pistons fire at almost identical times. They're side by side. Uh, not in the same cylinder, but they go up and down at the same side at the same time But they fire a little bit differently. So that was an interesting ride. It definitely sounded like a two-stroke George rotor was second. Dominic Bolak was third. Sean Raju was fourth and Super Dave Kilkenny round out your top five While we're talking about the hooligan class I don't know that we need those guys at Lima and I don't want to upset anybody or hurt anybody's feelings And I, I have a lot of respect for those hooligan riders. You know those bikes are heavy machines, but I honestly don't think we need them there at the Lima Half Mile. We need to save that track for the stars of the show, which is the singles class and the Super Twins class. Uh, I also think that maybe, maybe, we need to limit that just to 12 bikes in the main event. I think, you know, they threw a bunch of them out there, and I think it was just way too many bikes. It was dusty, the sun was setting. uh, There was a lot of things going on, and we were trying to get that hooligan main event in before we took the break for the sun. I'm not blaming that on the cause of the accident. I know his first lap and mayhem happens on the first lap of a lot of races, but I don't like seeing guys get hurt. I don't like seeing, uh, you know, these long delays. I think the race fans come to see race, and I'm not blaming the hooligans because they're not good riders. They're all good riders, so they wouldn't be there. But I think maybe limit it to 12 in the main event, Jeremy DeRider, who's in charge of the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, he has done that in some of the other races. Like for Steve Nace, we'll have an A main and a B main. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think limit the number of riders in the hooligan class, and for that matter, in the Royal Enfield Bill Train Race Program, to just 12 riders in in that race. That way, it cuts down on the confusion. It'll cut down on lapped riders, and I think it'd be just a little bit safer. Just my two cents. This weekend, we're going back to Mineral Wells or Parkersburg, however you want to look at it. There's racing today. It's Robbie Bobby's race. And then, of course, on Saturday, it is the uh, Grand National going back there for the first time since 2006. And I-, I asked Bert Sumner because I wasn't sure, but you know I saw Parkersburg, some places. I've seen Mineral Wells in some places, and he said kind of just depends on the promoter. Um, if you advertise it as parkersburg it's a bigger town might get more interest uh than than advertising as mineral wells either way we've been there a few times a handful of times again the last time i said was back in 2006 and mike hacker took the win on a harley davidson that was his last career win in american flat track history back then it was ama pro racing uh, before that they were there in the 90s and the 80s 1999 it was rich king 1998 Will Davis, 1997 it was Will Davis, Scotty Parker took the win there in 1994, and Ricky Graham in 1993, his magical season, uh, Graham won there on a Honda, the other previous riders won on Harley Davidsons. also they raced in June there in 93, and Kevin Atherton took the win, uh, that was his second career win, Will Davis got his second career win of in 1992, and he was riding a Honda that time. In 1988, Chris Carr won on a Harley-Davidson. It was his fifth career win. In 1987 and 1986, the first two years we went there, it was Bubba Schobert winning on a Honda. And it was Bubba Schobert's last half-mile win of his career it was back in 1987. So Davis has won there three times. Bubba Schobert has won there twice. And that means we're going to put a new winner uh, in, the, in the history books because n- only one of these riders has raced there at a Grand National. It was Jared Meese who finished there fourth. I know there are a lot of racers that are looking forward to some car tracks, and uh, Meese is probably one of them because he has raced there at this particular car track and finished fourth. And he's also, uh, you know, he's a half mile specialist. He's so good on the half miles, especially on the car tracks. I think a lot of that's Kenny Tolbert, and Kenny Tolbert will be a big part of this weekend because Tolbert's been there to this racetrack with Chris Carr, and uh, now he'll be there with you know Jared Meese. So they have a, I think they'll have a good advantage going into this one. I think brandon robinson will be strong this weekend fisher who is one on a car track he goes good on the car half miles don't count out dallas daniels you know he is he's on fire right now he's got first second and one third in the first 10 races one third place the other races were first or second so he's going to keep that streak going i think and then uh, this could be a good racetrack for jv20 you know van de he actually you know he's won at volusia he runs up front he likes the car tracks as well and while i'm talking about jv20 congratulations on his engagement let's downshift at one gear cody is going to be hard to beat in the aft singles class he has six half mile wins in the aft singles class including four last year on car tracks volusia i-70 port royal and volusia number two he also won lima last year so he won five half miles but four of them are car tracks so cody Cops should be out front uh, trevor bruner Maybe he can get something going. He won Rapid City last year on the on the half mile car track. Uh, Dalton Gautier, don't count him out yet. Maybe he'll get his season turned around. He won volution Number Three last year, and you know we're still looking for Chase Sadoff to get his first win. He should be he should be strong out here. Tom Drain should be good here, and Trent Lowe, uh, another rider that I expect to be up there near the front. So again, it's the same contenders uh, running up front, but I think the advantage for the singles class has to be going to Cody Cop. There are 26 Super Twins entered in this weekend, which is a pretty stacked field, or pretty big field. I don't necessarily mean stacked, but a pretty big field for uh, the Super Twins. There are six Indians, four KTMs, including Brandon Price, who has a new nickname, All In, as he's been uh, going out to Vegas a little bit, doing some poker tournaments, and actually finishing in the money. So Brandon Price will be out there on the Ryan Varnes Schaefer's Motorsports KTM. He'll be teammates with jordan harris so brandon price will be out there on a the ktm two royal infields six kawasaki's seven yamahas and that one lone harley davidson still out there competing with these uh these other manufacturers in the singles class there are 34 entries two australians one canadian that means all the rest are from america the one thing that point that uh, kind of stood out to me is there there are 11 three-digit numbers so those are the up-and-comers some of them are in their first year some of them have came back to flat track but there's 11 of them out there you know you know some of those guys are competing for the rookie of the year to pick up that extra money from mobile view so uh, keep your eyes on those rookies as they will try to conquer the races this weekend at mineral wells also on the docket is supposed to be the girls from the build train race program from roy infield and the grand national hooligan classes will be racing with us this weekend again And don't forget, coming up on Tuesday, July the 4th, is the 102nd running of the Barbara Fritchie Classic that is in Frederick, Maryland. If you haven't checked that out, if you're in the area, stop by. I know there's going to be a lot of pros close by. There's pretty good money up for grabs from Steve Nason and and the crew, um, you know, Richard Riley access media there's a lot of people that make that that event happen Fredericktown yamaha is a big supporter of this race uh there should be quite a few pros there so if you're out east you know trying to go to uh, the first race which is parkersburg or mineral wells west virginia it's not too far to head on over to the barber fritchie i'm doing that one and then next weekend july 7th and 8th is Middletown, New York. PJ Jacobson's dad is putting the race on on Friday, or he's in charge of it. And then Saturday is the American Flat Track Series going to Middletown, New York. And of course, we know the weekend after that is Baker's Bash. That's July 15th and 16th weekend up there in Michigan. And also going on that very same weekend is the race out in Virginia, the RVA race. They're racing on two different racetracks out there in Virginia. So a couple of different races going on on that next weekend. I'm actually uh, taking that weekend off. We're supposed to do uh, family Christmas in, uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, Graham and Pa are usually gone for Christmas, and so we're planning on that for uh, the July 15th and 16th weekend. So I'll have a weekend off to spend some time with the family. Well, that's it for Off the Groove this week. Again, thanks to all you folks who stopped me and tell me that they like the podcast. They're glad it's back. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Let's try to get the numbers up a little bit. Um, I I just I do this for you fans. I know uh, it's a lot of work for me, but it's definitely worth it when, when everybody comes and tells me how much they like the podcast. It's a lot about stats, and uh, that's my favorite thing to talk about. I'm still working to uh, get together with Chris Carter and, and figure out how to get some uh, guests in here. Uh, I'll be gone all next week, so I'll try to do the podcast from on the road. So I don't think I'll have a guest next week, but I'm continuing to work on it. I'll continue to make this thing better. And uh, smash that like button tell all your friends about the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Off The Groove.